and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show, more importantly, that is at HEF pond you can also follow us on facebook that is facebook.com slash hef pod for all the latest news on itrack frankfurt in the english language all in one convenient location don't need to go any further for that so we had a match at the weekend too if you count the front uh including the frauen who also uh had a pokal match themselves before uh the international everyone left for their international break and uh here to break down all the action uh we're going across the water yes it is roman in banfible roman how are you Ob Rom, Mailand oder London, Moskau, Wien oder Athen, ob mit Bus oder Bahn oder Flugzeug, scheißegal, Eintracht Frankfurt um, international. international. Thank you, Brian. I just had to put that in. I just felt like it. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah, so a little closer to home uh, within my own uh, Major League Baseball's American League Central Division is the man... Uh, the myth, the legend, the man who's dealing with uh, summer a little early, uh, Chris in Detroit. Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm not going to sing like Roman. I don't want to drive our listeners away, <laughs> uh, but I will open with my promised uh, praises to my wife who won our bracket mm-hmm. competition. So while I'm celebrating yeah. our on track, uh, phenomenal weekend. I am personally in mourning for all the shit that I talked and could not back up. So props to her. She took the cake. <laughs> I, and, and let's move on. Let's go. Let's recap. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes. Cause we have Roman only for a brief amount of time, but you know, I will give this one tiny little plug in the fact that, uh, Major League Baseball has returned. Uh, us Americans do love uh, that summer sport. Uh, my own Kansas City Royals are underway. Uh, your Detroit Tigers uh, will be seeing the Royals quite soon, I think. And uh, Roman, uh, here's hoping that the Giants, we're here's hoping that all three of our teams make it to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, when it comes uh, late September, early October time, that uh, we're not only talking about the Eintracht in the Champions League, but we're also talking about MLB playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, happy. I mean, like, I, I got two teams, right? So I'm still a little bit sold on the mm. Oakland A's. Um, since the Greensboro Grasshoppers, I don't think they are, uh, uh, they're not relevant. So let's keep them outside. I only have two baseball teams. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, let's know. talk about the foosball. Uh, Eintracht's uh, game at the weekend was Eintracht Frankfurt. Zwei. Dortmund. Indeed, indeed. Uh, A 2-1 victory for the Eintracht now puts a whopping seven-point difference between Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Dortmund currently uh, saddled in uh, fifth place. So uh, quite quite some distance now. It's getting quite exciting for me Mm -hmm. to be able to see that with seven matches remaining that 
we quite possibly will be playing in the big kid European competition come the 2021-2022 season. It's really exciting, but this match had it all. Um, Nail-biting times and, uh, you know, kickback and relax times. Well, let's be real. Uh, Kickback and relax doesn't really happen until the final whistle blows. But um, if you could ever have asked for a more welcoming sort of goal to start off your day, isn't it an own goal? (laughs) <laughs> just saying uh <laughs> more welcome it, make, it makes things it makes things easier a little that is totally true <laughs> uh, and i mean it just look you know costage you know cross it was it was so looping and you just thought you know when the goal went in you're like did that really happen on that cross it's not like as though it was kind of like a, a bullet you know level sort of a cross it was just this kind of looping uh sky shot of a cross that just (laughs) went into the back of the net and we were at one nil super early it pretty much summed up the year for in in a lot of ways it wasn't the most harmful thing trying to clear it back either to your goalie or or over the bar but it's just something you're not supposed to do and that's exactly why and it pretty much sums up the way the year has gone for them. Which was to our great benefit. And now Dortmund did get an equalizer in that uh, first half. Mats Hummels uh, was able to get it from Emre Can. Uh, well, that was a chest from him, and he just kind of whacked it in from stupid close range off of corner. I mean, even if we had our A-list Well, I would defense, like to say we always, we always – concede a goal so you know that's just how it goes um but yeah i think they they got they got they took it well and i think we've learned uh um, how to deal with those concessions (laughs) exactly and i'm about to look at it from the standpoint that you know the way that dortmund kind of lined up now john you know playing on the right i mean I'm not exactly sure what sort of formation they were kind of rolling. It looked like it was sort of a back four, but uh, Schultz and Chen on one side and the other kind of as fullbacks. Uh, Kostic was not like, even though the Chen was on Kostic, Kostic just kept on creating space for himself and creating opportunities for himself. And I mean... I just kind of wonder if there's anyone in this boon, in the Bundesliga who currently, you know, maybe aside from Kimmich, that or Goretzka, who are both on Bayern. Um, I don't think there's anyone really in any team in the Bundesliga for a defense that could even uh, shut down Kostic right now. There's nobody. He's on that great of form. Nobody. You're right. Um. Yeah, <laughs> kind of moving yeah, on he's, from that. He's, he's, um, just his, he's, he's on his run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on his run and uh, unstoppable. I mean, we've we've also seen not so good games with him, so it's very dependent uh, on. I I would say our game is very dependent on his performance. Um, but here he just uh, outperformed, uh, and and yeah, and yeah, unstoppable is as you guys said. No way to stop him if he really wants to. 
and be with unstopped. the fact that we changed our formation around uh, due to the kind of lineup that we rolled out with a Silva, Jovic, Yunus, Dorm, who was back. Uh, so Roda, Kostic, Indika, Ilsankar, Tuta, uh, with Trap between the sticks. Um, what did you make of Yunus playing behind uh, the combination up top of Silva and Jovic? I thought until he went off kind of with a little niggle, um, and Adihotra has said that he is expecting him to be back against Wolfsburg, I thought Yunus was uh, quite good at disrupting uh, things for Dortmund in the middle of the pitch. I thought that uh, Delaney, who kind of was seen as to be this kind of sort of anchor, was really lost, and I just kept on laughing at myself to think that at one point in time the U.S. national team was looking at him for uh, uh, him to start for the Stars and Stripes. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of yeah, who would, I think who, there's a little bit of a comfort starting to set in as far as how things are are playing in the middle. Uh, Jonas settling back a little bit, and I think Jovic is starting to create a little space, and it's benefiting not just him as he had a couple better runs than we've seen, um, but giving Silva more space to work with. Uh, nobody really knows where to focus now. There's three guys that are capable mm-hmm. of carrying a large load, and defensively, nobody knows what to do to, to defend it. And on any given day, any one of those guys are going to make a play. I can agree with that. Um, one thing I was kind of yeah. uh, surprised by was the fact that, you know, I think it was more the fact that uh, Jovic was able to just beast some guys so well in the middle of the pitch. But I was expecting more um, from Silva than I did. Yes, he was able to nab the goal, but I thought that Jovic was more involved um, from beginning to end, you know, over the course of the match than Silva was. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always tough to say what the coach basically uh, told him, you know, how to behave on the pitch and how to handle it. Because obviously, uh, having both uh, on the pitch at the same time, I bet they had some uh, um, uh, some some distribution of, you know, uh, of their work. Right. So I would I would assume that this was kind of how they were put on the on the pitch, so to say. Um, and I would, I would agree. Uh, but I mean, Silva, he's always, you know, he's just the striker at the moment. You know, he's kind of like, even if he gets to the Alexander Meyer, uh, <laughs> moment, you know, where you barely see him, but then, you know, he just strikes back. But many a times he, he, he is, uh, also uh, the playing force. And I think they work very well together, uh, Jovic and him. And um, yeah, so I, of course you kind of want to see both score, right? So um, who's who's to say uh, that? But uh, yeah, is Silver, I, you know, look, we got some matches remaining. Silver's on twenty-two league goals. Can he hit twenty-seven and be the new single-season uh, Bundesliga record holder for the Eintracht? Yeah, he has a chance. I, I, I. Yeah, I would even I would even bet so. I think I, I think that's most definitely going to happen. Um, that being said, yeah. can he hit thirty? He doesn't oh, get sick. <laughs> Let's go for twenty seven first. <laughs> he he's due to have another big game. Yeah, you know he's still been consistently good, but he hasn't had one of those wow matches in a in a little bit. And when he has one of those two or three goal games, then 
down the stretch, we'll really, really be able to look at that. But I'll shoot for 27 right now. I would put my money on that. See, I'm still, I will put my money on yeah. third, and here's why. Match day 33. And they only have, what, 10 points currently in the Bundesliga table? That is Schalke, who we play. And if those guys know that they can seal uh, Champions League by defeating Schalke, hey, maybe they'll uh, seal it up by beating Mainz on the match day 32. But if it, we have to wait until match day 33, Schalke is going to be blitzed so hard. <laughs> it's going to be like, it's going to be worse than, it's going to be basically kind of like how we felt when we played against Bayern on match day five, where we got blitzed 5-0. I think we will be able to score more goals than we did uh, at any point of the season, which five yeah. is the current record set by uh, match day 18 against Bielefeld and match day 26 against Union. So I think that there's so much fireworks still left in the eye track. I also think that Jovic is finally going to break his duck soon, but it's going to be tough uh, this weekend with Wolfsburg. But what did uh, you guys make of Eric Durham in his return back to the starting lineup? Because I was very, I was kind of anxious about how he would be utilized. And, you know, he was okay, but if, honestly, he was. I did not see all too much of him uh, over the course of the match, though. Um, you know, I had to watch it on replay to properly be able to uh, get some assessments on the match itself. As in lifetime, I was a little busy, uh, <laughs> but I was quite I was quite pleased with his performance uh, due to the fact that I was thinking that we wouldn't see him until Wolfsburg, and instead he got the start. Did okay, and then Chandler came on uh, in the seventy-something minute, seventy-fourth. Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't. I think. I think he did a solid job. You know, so I couldn't. Uh, um, did we miss like the um, like the impulses that we sometimes see uh, from from that side? Um, maybe a little bit, but. I, I have to admit, I was um, I was I was happy about the performance. I think Eintracht overall uh, played so well that um, I mean we we played better. I I think we deserved the win, and uh, um, uh, we played the better ball, and um, he he didn't really need to. And our Kostic uh, side was like just so on fire. Um, I I I felt. I felt really confident, you know, uh, about about these, and and even like I think Hütter as well. I don't know what he is doing or doing with the guys, but even like Ilzanka, you know, I mean, we've we've been we have ranted about him, and but but now they're just they're real solid. They're a bank, you know. So um, and and with Durham, I mean, I we all thought he he'll be gone, right? So if we would have put money on him leaving uh, before Christmas, we would have probably said, yeah, better. You know, try try your luck somewhere else, um, but uh, he's he's becoming a real stabilization um, a factor I think too. The fact Completely that, agree. That we we put so much emphasis on the left side of our offense, the right side is is always forgotten. But it's not a liability either. He's good enough defensively 
that you know well he shut down Royce well Royce was exactly, quiet there's no offense generated on that side but there's no major lapse of of concentration there's no defensive liability so in that sense fine as long as Kostic keeps providing the offense on the left then the right just does its job and we keep winning I think everyone's happy yeah, some of the stats I would like to go over yeah. with you guys just a little bit. Um, the XG for those folks who, you know, believe in it or don't believe in it, Dortmund was at a 1.84. Ha, only got the one. And we were at a 1.44, so quite good for the number. And uh, if last time I checked, Eintracht was in the top three or top four when it came to uh, goals over expected goals. So, yeah. Uh, but hey, you know that's entirely yeah, come. And, and we scored another we, goal, right? You no. know that's entirely come in 2021. We have been just on a goal scoring tear that, uh, you know, the rest of the league is taking notice. And you know, if you're Bayern, you got to look at that and just think to yourselves, huh? Um, glad we faced you before you got those goal scoring boots on, because in case anyone did not know. Eintracht's currently tied for second in most goals scored uh, this season, tied with Dortmund at 55. We're kind of dwarfed by uh, by 24 goals, by which Bayern leads. But this is quite incredible output that we've been doing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, this is. I mean, for us, all of us Frankfurt people, it's a, it's a dream come true. No, I mean, like. Um, like even the Alexander Meyer year, you know, where we had him as a um, as the um, winning the the most goals, you know. I mean, there was there was him, and then there was probably a long time nothing. And this time we're just scoring. But I mean, that's Hütter right. soccer, right? So that's what we were promised when when Hütter started. He said like, okay, um, I gotta, you know, we we play offensively, and uh, yeah, we might concede a few goals, but at least we score more more. And uh, yeah, so that's something that uh, yeah we we proudly see happening, and uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan. Yeah, we're in a we're in a good nick, and uh, as we kind of mentioned, yeah. uh, Ilsanka kind of playing uh, the defensive kind of center of the pitch role. Um, he's really stepped up. Uh, with Hasebe, you know, going uh, out of the match for this one. You know, he's been a real key man, you know, as Hinteregger is still out due to injury. And we had Hasebe out this week as well due to uh, card accumulation. Having him be the solid rock really, really made such a massive difference. It's unreal how yeah. much like we've been relied on them and uh i think there's already a fan club uh for ilsanker starting to develop chris i think you can comment on him a little more absolutely uh he gets full apologies from me for all the criticism early in the year but i think we found his comfort zone is in that back line he struggled a lot he is a liability in the midfield when when he's playing further forward but once he's settled into that back line, he is a solid defender in the box. Uh, he's not afraid to play play the ball earlier yeah. outside the box to to force try to force turnovers. And I'm very pleased with him as a as an option uh, when Hinty is out. 
Roman, anything to add on Nilsanka before we kind of uh, wrap up? No, this portion? absolutely. I think that I think I think that sums it up. Yeah, he's uh, he, he found his spot, and Hütter knows uh, his spot, and uh, that's where he's solid. And uh, yes, it's going to be interesting how things are going to um, be, you know, once, uh, you know, Hasebe is back in the game. And, you know, that being so said, um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Roman, uh, and Chris, both of you guys, um, if you have Hasebe and Ilsanka available for uh, the match against Wolfsburg, are you thinking that one's left on the bench or do you want to play both and have Indica or Tuta uh, be on the bench or? Where are, you, where are you thinking? Because the boy is a hot hand right now, and sometimes you want to keep on playing that hot hand until it just goes cold. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, right? So this is, I think, something we have to see from game to game and from uh, opponent to opponent, right? So um, uh, with Wolfsburg, as uh, I would say, a similar style, play style, or um, uh, quality uh, as Dortmund, I might leave uh, the starting lineup. Uh, but we know that against other players, and you mentioned Schalke as uh, uh, an easy one to win, I say that's going to be the tough one, right? Because uh, by that time, they'll be done and dusted, and they'll just be playing for fun, and we'll, we'll, we'll cramp up to, to, uh, to, to make our Champions League. And that's where Eintracht, the old Eintracht at least, or the old, old Eintracht, um, has usually let us down. And even that team, you know, so they've remember the mm. Bremen match, right? So it's not, we, we're, we're, we're good in playing these, uh, you know, Bayern, Dortmund, Leverkusen, uh, and, and Wolfsburg. And, and probably that is our style of play. And for this, the, uh, the defense lineup is, uh, is, is perfect. And we have to see whether how this works over different teams and different defenses and different offenses. Um, because obviously the, the defense uh, has to have a different a different quality, uh, not not a different quality, like a different tactical set versus Wolfsburg and Dortmund than uh, than Bremen and uh, you know um, uh, the other teams. Uh, we will still be playing, um, yeah. That, but then we have Gladbach, right? So we're gonna we're gonna keep the the high performer uh, teams up, and yeah. But I, I in Hütter we trust. Um, Fair That's, enough, Chris. Your yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't even try to tinker with it. Obviously, there'll be some, yeah. you know, with Hinty back. He's our stalwart in there. When he comes back, we want him there. But uh, I think Adi Hooter is another one we owe a lot of apologies to because we questioned his ability to move people around in this lineup and and get production out of it, but. There's no question in my mind right now that whatever he decides to do will put us in a good place right now. So I trust him totally. In my defense, yeah. In my defense, I was still saying, you know, we can still make Europe, and y'all were shouting me down. You said it all year long. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize to you yet. I don't know anything (laughs) to you, but we'll see down there. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. So um, that kind of wraps up what we wanted to discuss uh, with Eintracht and Borussia Dortmund. Boy, seven points difference now. It's it's becoming rather comfortable. So I'm going to kind of go over what um, 
uh, Dortmund has in regards to the remainder of the season because, you know, so long as we don't get comp anyone from behind, hey, we're golden. But, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to go over what Dortmund has, you know, sort of remaining. So they still have to play against Wolfsburg. They still have to play against Leipzig. They play against Stuttgart um, in this upcoming weekend. And we've seen Stuttgart is quite a nasty uh, team to play against. And we also saw uh, just uh, yesterday as we're recording this on the 7th of April, we saw them concede a very late goal uh, to lose 2-1 to to Manchester City in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And they shoot, they still have uh, they still have another match left to go in the Pokal. The hub final, the semifinals is against Kiel, who actually I really feel bad for Kiel. So they still have two matches so far to make up due to COVID delays. And so that's kind of a huge, you know, a back, that's a backlog. And then you have this extra match for them. So they have two matches in hand. They're chasing uh, the Zweite Liga. I mean, <laughs> it's quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting road <laughs> still for Dortmund. But I'm feeling that these seven points is just enough because of who remains on our schedule that we can make the Champions League because Dortmund's got their hands in too many too many cookie jars uh, for them to uh, catch up to us. And plus, we already, you know, we I'm pretty sure we deflated those guys pretty good. So, any thoughts on that? Well, our guys work their asses off to put themselves in control of their own destiny. <laughs> we don't have to look for help from other places or, or yeah. hope for results in certain matches. The other matches suddenly don't matter as long as we take care of business. Indeed, indeed. Roman. Yeah, exactly. I think they kind of got together and kind of forged forged this bond you know, um, where they said, like, okay, whatever's going to happen, whatever, who's going to leave, you know, with a coach or Bobic or player, you know, let's let's make this happening. Uh, maybe also for the players that will stay, you know, like if I were Hinteregger, I would say, like, guys, you know, we have the possibility. And even if you're leaving, think about the others in the team. You know, let's just do this together. Win this for Eintracht, win it for us, win it for everyone. And um, no matter who's leaving, they all want to show um because i think they did good bonding uh, mm -hmm. among each other and i think that's important you know and like even if you know stuff is going to come up along the way people leaving silver going to barcelona <laughs> i don't know Kostic going to real madrid uh, hütte going to gladbach hütte won't go to um, the core is going to remain in I know he's not going to. He's no. He's gonna. He's gonna stay. I'm ninety percent. The coach at uh, Wolfsburg and Hutter, the coach of Eintracht. I'm like, who? Like you guys could have had Jabi Alonso possibly as your coach, and you know because he signs an extension that rules you out. I mean, it seems very much like they were linked with these guys at first and then they were linked elsewhere. And now they're being linked back again. I'm like, just, just give it up ponies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's get into yeah, well, hashtag. Know, what are we drinking boys? Cause it exactly. is time to bring up our favorite segment of the podcast Hashtag, oh, totally. what are we drinking? Roman in Badfilbel. What do you have yeah. for us outside of the wonderful mineral vasa that we all need to be sampling next time we're over? Yeah, today I'm today I'm 
I'm going to be, I'm going I'm to do basically, since I'm going to drop off after this, um, I, I'm with the green tea. I'm sorry. I'm not, nothing, nothing dramatic to report or nothing. Uh, uh, it's just some good, good, good old green tea. All That's right. what I'm drinking. So right. cheers so. to that. And with this, I'm already saying goodbye to everyone. So uh, yeah, I'm curious to listen Alrighty. to you guys later. All the best, guys. Thank you. Uh, Cheers. Choose to Roman. And thanks again for him joining Cheers. the podcast. And uh, Chris, it is now down to you for hashtag what are we drinking. Uh, what have you brought for us today? I think I know what it is, but I'll let you tell the listeners. Well, just like my philosophy on our lineup, if it's not broke, don't mm. fix it. And that's where I'm at with my beer game right now. Uh, I opened a case of Bell's Oberon wheat ale for the start of the baseball season. My baseball team is doing better than predicted. My soccer team is doing as well as you predicted. Um, I'll give you that credit. And I'm not going to change <laughs> anything in the beer game at the moment. So I'm sticking with the Oberon from Bell's Brewing, Comstock Park, Michigan. Uh, yes. So you guys, uh, you guys have the Royals coming up in not too distant future. So you'll have, uh, uh losses soon <laughs> mounting up. We'll see. We'll find, we'll find a way. <laughs> uh, when it does come. <laughs> so in case anyone had no idea. So Chris in Detroit loves his Detroit Tigers. Chris, how would you tell folks what Mother Nature was giving you guys? As you know, you're talking about how baseball is linked with your uh, beer choice for what are we drinking? What was happening on opening day in Detroit? It was an absolute blizzard. So the day before, it was 70 degrees. Um, and I'm not going to do my, my metric conversion, but it was 70 degrees on opening day. Or the day before, it was 34 degrees on opening day with blizzard everywhere. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, our hall of fame uh, stalwart hit the first home run of the entire season across major league baseball. And he slid into second base because he couldn't even see that the ball went out of the ballpark. But <laughs> it's just fun to have baseball wow. back. And, and now, it, now it's hilarious. back to almost 80 degrees here just a week later. So that's life in the Midwest. There you go. There you go. And a fun fact that some people might not be aware of, uh, Miguel Carrera became the second Detroit Tigers player. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame, just saying. Uh, he's already got a triple crown to his name to record 350 home runs and 2,000 hits following uh, someone who you personally knew, uh, who the former Detroit Tiger, Al Kaline. Yes. They called him Mr. Tiger. He was the greatest player in our history and uh, Cabrera's on his tail, which is Phenomenal for baseball fans here in a city that's starved for a winner in any sport right now. So he was better than Hank Greenberg? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, there was and Ty Cobb? Well, Ty Cobb, show me the video of him and then we'll talk. It was 100 years Oh, ago. fair enough. Uh, no video exists because uh, I think he had retired by the time that uh, television and everything else had been uh, out there. The Georgia Peach himself last appearance in Major League Baseball was in the 20s. Says it all right there. Uh, yeah, so uh, my entry, sorry for the delay. <laughs> uh, we had to start talking about baseball just a tiny bit. Uh, people also know that when it comes to my fandom, like I'm on the Royals bandwagon, but I 
overall baseball wise, I can't really get all too excited about what else happens outside of my own team's, you know, realm. So uh, for hashtag, what are we drinking? Um, I was sitting out enjoying the weekend and uh, had a French beer. And I think some people will be like, mm, are, you, are you really bringing this one in? And yes, I am. The 1664 Blanc from the Kronenberg Brewery in France is what I had. And, um, nice, crisp wheat beer. Um, not much all to say. It was an enjoyable weekend. The sun was shining. The dog was behaving herself. And, uh, yeah, I just kicked back and relaxed and had a nice, refreshing, uh, French beer. And you can't usually say that about the French because there's not exactly as many beers available. So there's not, but when they that do is a my good entry. one, it, it stands out. Mm. True. And uh, this is, to, so far as I'm aware, they're the only French brewery that I have found uh, that is brought to the United States. No, uh, La Fin du Monde is made in Quebec. So, I mean, if you're, I'm talking about French, French, not French Canadian. Oui. Just to uh, be specific, because La Fin du Monde is delish. But uh, yeah, that's my entry for hashtag what are we drinking? Brian, myself, Brian, and Chris will be back for segment two, where we talk about the Frauen, a link to an an I tracked player link uh, to a Mexican uh, bass player, and of course, look at uh, Eintracht and preview Eintracht versus Wolfsburg. So stay with. And we're back for segment two of Hey Eintracht. Frankfurt, what are we drinking? Has passed us. I'd like to thank Roman uh, for joining the podcast and providing his insight on Eintracht versus Dortmund. But Chris, let's talk about the early match on Saturday. It was not that. It was uh, two hours prior to Eintracht versus Dortmund. It was Eintracht in SC Freiburg in the semifinal of the Frauen DP Pokal. And uh, I'll let you take away on this. You know what? I picked up the stream a bit late. I thank someone for sharing it in our Discord channel because I couldn't find it. And I think someone posted a YouTube link, which was fantastic. Uh, again, I want to see more of the women in the United States. I don't care how they make it happen. Just keep getting the streams up there and we will keep watching. There was a good following about a thousand viewers at any given time. Um, but the match was great from the point I picked up uh, shortly after the Freiburg opener. They scored in the 14th minute. Um, I think I think Frankfurt settled in a little bit. They they even after their first goal, they seemed a little bit jumpy. And mm -hmm. on the replay, I noticed that they really got settled in a little bit. They started moving the ball just like they did in uh, the matchup against uh, Duisburg. They played the ball from the outside, up the wings, and, and even when they played it through the middle, it all started on the outside. And uh, it broke through in the 47th minute, and the taking the lead from uh, who was it? Uh, Camilla Cuver uh, with the 63rd minute goal. There was just no point where they were um, uncomfortable and for those that aren't following the table uh, uh, Freiburg is the one we're chasing down for sixth place to make that top half of the table and to see that we competed and 
played very well against them, I thought shows that we're right where we should be. And it's fantastic to make a cup final, of course. Um, but the real measure is the test of the whole season in the league. And I think we're right where we should be against the teams around us. So I was very pleased to see that. And I'm looking forward to the final in Rome. Yeah. So uh, the final will be hosted uh, at the Rhine Energy Stadion, uh, the host of the home of AFC Kuhn. Uh, that's going to be on the 30th of May. Eintracht will be down on the list as the home team. Uh, they will be playing uh, Wolfsburg, who just recently, last week, got knocked out of the Women's Champions League. Uh, Bayern Munich is still in it. I'm not 100% certain on what's going on with that, but um, the match, the other semifinal was Wolfsburg beating uh, uh, Bayern Munich, the top-end clash, real, uh, exactly what you would expect of the two best uh, teams um, making a go at it. And uh, Bayern, until that match, had been... Uh, 100% wins across the entire season. No draws, no losses in the Frauen Pokal, in the Women's Champions League, or in the Frauen Bundesliga. And Wolfsburg uh, and knocked them out of uh, the competition with a 2 0 victory. So it is going to be a real hard ask as we have seen Eintracht take on Wolfsburg, and it didn't exactly. In- end up very pretty and uh you gotta you just gotta hope that um that the eintracht will be able to uh keep things nice and tight and nick a goal when they can't now we mentioned this time and time again this if you look at the age the average age on this team is practically the youngest squad that is in the frauen bundesliga especially considering you know that there's players who are being called up for the national team so freigang is being called up by the uh germany team and she's just 23 you know our goal our goal scorer for the equalizer uh, is uh press uh Frasnikar is a Slovenian and she is just 22 uh, years old. Um, I mean, you look at Eintracht, even the girl behind the sticks and Fromms, um, she is the Germany number one goalkeeper and she's only 26. This team has got youth everywhere. And, you know, I think it's a matter of, you know, keep on giving these girls enough time and we're going to see something from them uh, down the line. It's just going to be um, more of a wait and see process. I guess it then is down to, you know, uh, sporting director Seifert Dietrich and Nico Arnautis to be able to get the best and develop this team the best that they possibly can because this team, they've got the talent and the possibilities are a team that could challenge the big two for the Champions League, not just the Champions League places, but for the Frauen Bundesliga title. So, you know. Well, we're we're solidly out of that run. Right oh, now. yes, for the season. But I think but the, the, the Pokal will be that we're lightning We're going to run a gauntlet at the end. Yeah, we're going to run a gauntlet at the end of the schedule here. Uh, matchups against Potsdam, who are up there on the table. And then the week before the Pokal finale, uh, we play a league match against Wolfsburg. 
And then the week following the finale, we have our final regular season match against Bayern. So, you know, there, there's there's going to be a lot of opportunity to say, who's here's who we are going into next season. And you can't underestimate how, you know, even though you're going to have a mid-table finish, how you, you're looking mentally going into the offseason, how that's going to affect you at the opening of the next season. Okay. I can agree on that. And here's hoping that um, the Pokal will kind of be that uh, springboard that uh, gives the girls, you know, that kind of belief that, you know, hey, we just beat the best team, like one of the two best teams in Germany, the ones who have basically had the Champions League dead on lock and make the quarterfinals and beyond of the Women's Champions League that they can take into account that they can make that next jump. So finishing in third place in qualification to the Champions League and then one or two players are added. Here's hoping that... uh you know, some American women uh, from the Eintracht Academies that's being built up will uh, be joining the Eintracht Frauen. And, uh, you know, who, I mean, I honestly believe that once the um, COVID lockdown processes that are in place in Germany are released, I foresee that, you know, there's going to be a lot, quite a few fans attending the matches uh, at the current stadium. And um, I think that we're going to see more matches at the Waldstadion, especially ones in, you know, your kind of season starters, kind of like we saw this year, or, you know, your semifinals of the Pokal, you know, kind of the high in high drama matches that I think we will be starting to see. You know, if you put them at the Waldstadion, I think anywhere between three to 7,000 fans would be in attendance, which, which outdraws what the, their every match day stadium, the Bundes, their normal stadium can even hold in terms of capacity. And I think that, you know, the success will just breed success and qualification to the Champions League will then see the Waldstadion probably then become almost de facto home of the Frauen. But this is all, man, this is all looking way <laughs> down the line. <laughs> but don't underestimate, don't underestimate what a a cup victory could do to mm-hmm. to spark some more interest and and say, hey, look at us, we're on the map and uh, boost those attendance numbers and force them to make a decision on where to play. 100% agree with that because, you know, um, the Wolfsburg Stadium is located right next door to uh, the the Volkspark Arena, Volkspark Stadion, uh, where the men play. And it's a, I mean, it's a much smaller venue, uh, FC Bayern plays at one that's at their training ground but it's you know like a reasonably uh reasonable capacity size center so they i don't foresee them ever uh, playing anytime soon at at the allianz arena but for the eintracht frauen i don't see why not uh playing at the VOD Stadion for your big matches where you then get uh, the big crowds and that just urges those women on to greater and greater heights. But Chris, um, so let's talk about this uh, gentleman who's being linked with the Eintracht right now. Uh, 19-year-old Mexican Santiago Naveda recently being linked. 
he currently plays his plays his uh, matches for Club America, a uh, member of Liga MX. But I would say quite possibly one of the very biggest clubs that exist in the Western Hemisphere. Then that's like no idle boast. And he's only just started making his debut uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League in uh, this past December when they resumed that competition. He's already been able to get a goal in February. Guys have been labeled as just has a great midfield engine. I look at him as an, Hey, if he's available on a free, why not take a chance on a young, hungry uh, Mexican who might see himself as, you know, one who wants to, you know, someone who does want to put more and more Mexican players want to play in Europe, you know, not have their career be half based in Mexico. And then they make that leap because normally then their salary demands are so high that most European clubs are like, eh, no, because <laughs> the league is able to pay so well. I think getting a kid like that now early, that could be, you know, a great coup and just, Hey, just a way for us to start building depth because Europe, Europe does beckon at this point. I would say we're 100% locked for at minimum uh, the Europa League. And so we need to plan for having a few more uh, bodies on the team. And we're able to get him on a free transfer minus, you know, the signing on fee and whatever his agent needs. But at his young tender age, I think it'll be a real cheap uh, acquisition to the Eintracht. And from a biased point of view of <laughs> wanting to see players from the Western Hemisphere, specifically the CONCACAF region, I'm kind of excited about being linked with a player like this. Yeah, I am too. Uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of him, but when the news broke, I went and found some video, and uh, he's a guy that, that pretty much commands the ball to play through him because of what he can do with it. Uh, the concern I have is that the growing trend of players coming from Liga MX to Europe, they're starting to command a lot more money than they did before. And of course we all know uh, Frankfurt's track record with being willing to spend. It's, you know, gotten a little better the last few years, but we still like to, to find the diamond in the rough. And I don't know if we can get him cheap enough. I think he'll be on the radar uh, for a few clubs that might have, more resources than us but if we can find a way uh, to make it to make a deal work uh, i'd love to have him because like you said if we're gonna play in the big boys uh european league we're gonna need uh we're gonna need more depth to be competitive so uh i would welcome the move if given and and i think uh another thing to keep in mind if we are really going to make a move for him i think that almost signals the fact that we will be trying to we will be planning on Rodrigo Zalazar who's been really pulling up trees playing for St. Pauli and the Zweite Liga a lot of folks have been really talking up how he is the best player on that team and that usually and they're a team who usually has a few really good players uh, uh, even in the worst of times. Um, if we do go for this guy, 100% that Zalazar is probably going to be part of the squad makeup uh, to at least provide uh, Naveda with another Spanish-speaking player that he can kind of be linked with and that he can kind of bond with. Because I think that 
when I'm thinking back to like when Marco Fabian came to us and, you know, he was taking nonstop German lessons to try and get up to speed to be able to, you know, uh, better adapt to the way that the squad was. So remember, you know, he came in uh, the January of 2016, but at the time, uh, there was real, I mean, Abraham also came in at that exact same moment. Um, gosh, who I'm freaking, I'm freaking forgetting his name. Uh, Zambrano was, um, uh, the, the, uh, Peruvian, uh, international was also on the team. And that was kind of seen as, you know, a way to kind of, you know, a fellow Spanish speaker that was able to help him kind of adapt to Germany because Germany is a very much different kind of uh, environment to be a part of. And I think in terms of helping a player adapt to his new surroundings, I think that is so crucial to a player's development because if you're then just dropping a guy in there and there's no one else who speaks uh, who speaks his own language it's really hard for uh you know instructions to uh be translated over when you have to have you know on the training ground a spanish translator right there to explain everything to him but having a player alongside him who will be able to help him out and that would be an absolute huge boon. I mean, granted, maybe Tuta already knows uh, Spanish. I can't say for certain, but uh, that's just my thought. I'm guessing he's he's speaking Portuguese coming from Brazil. Yeah. But the move is hard enough. It, it, it's hard enough to change in this environment when you're old, mm-hmm. but then to move to the other other hemisphere of the world and deal with you know just normal things. Uh, homes and you know becoming comfortable with the culture i've done it it's a hard move and i did it at the age of 30 i can't imagine him doing that at 20 and being comfortable with it but that's why the clubs have the resources in place the cultural immersion classes and things like that um we've made such a a name for ourselves being an international and representing every flag around the world and We've had success with with young Mexican players in the past, and uh, Salcedo being one of my favorite ones. And uh, if we could get him, I think he would provide a, a good opportunity to add some depth uh, going into Champions League play. Exactly, exactly. Because you got to continuously look forward, uh, looking for the next guy to uh, be brought in. So, um, yeah. That's the player link for the Eintracht. But before we go to looking towards Wolfsburg, let's look towards what's going on in the Bundesliga. So as we record, uh, Bayern will be taking on Paris Saint-Germain in uh, leg one of the Champions League. You got Dortmund that kind of... That Dortmund who played yesterday, I will actually say this, they played a lot better than they did against... uh, us at the weekend. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. I'm or glad anything. they did not play that match against us because <laughs> they looked totally different. They looked worthy of beating Man City, even though they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we did not get that effort. And uh, yes, also going on is, uh, and it's about to start right now as we're recording. Uh, so the quarter, the final quarterfinal of the Tepepo Cup, because uh, due to COVID uh, pop-ups, uh, Young Regensburg takes on uh, Vera Bremen uh, today. So we'll find out who then gets to play Leipzig 
in the uh, semi the other semifinal, which is going to be on the 30th of April, Friday, and the 1st of May. Remember, we will have uh, midweek Bundesliga matches on the 27th and 28th. Uh, for the Eintracht. Oh gosh, I'm trying to. I'm forgetting who the heck that's against. So that's. Uh, oh no, that was the the week prior to that. My apologies. So yeah, uh, we'll it'll we'll have a week off in between the Bayer Leverkusen and Mainz match. Whilst uh, those involved in the day of people count due to. Uh, the Bundesliga uh, protecting that kind of the May Day uh, sort of uh, environment that surrounds Germany during that time. Uh, they'll just have the Pokal semifinal. So we'll see who faces Leipzig in that. And Dortmund and Kiel, like I said, is in the other. And it's a kind of interesting uh, thing to talk about is if you're Kiel, um, you've got a backlog of two matches, but you're for real in with a shout at uh, making the Bundesliga for the first ever time, the first team from uh, Schleswig-Holstein who would ever be in the Bundesliga, uh, which is quite considerable. Um, if you are Holstein Kiel and uh, paint the picture, uh, they played one of their uh, matches in hand and uh, didn't exactly turn out as well as it could be. There's a other cu- couple other teams that could... Uh, that still have matches in hand, but you have one remaining match in hand. You are four points behind uh, second place Hamburg, and well, Hamburg and Greuther Firth are tied on 20 points. Do you kind of uh, throw out your, you know, throw put all your eggs in the, uh, Bundes- the Bundesliga promotion basket, or do you... Um, Save some, like go all in for, uh, go all in for the Pokal match. You know, honestly, I think they have to go all in for both. I don't think you can pick one or the other. Uh, the financial benefit of either one is too great to say I'm going to focus on this or I'm going to focus on that. You have to go all out for each one, as if they're both equally important, because it. Winning one would be fantastic, um, but the odds are against them winning either. So they need to take their best shot mm-hmm. at, both, at both competitions. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a rough hand that they were dealt when they uh, you know, they played Heidenheim. Excuse me, that was the other match that I was looking for, <laughs> and lost uh, just yesterday in another one of those makeup matches. Uh, not theirs, uh, another match. Uh, Würzburger Kickers, uh, poor guys, they can't seem to get themselves a break. They still have more matches left to play. But anyways, bottom of the table. Uh, I. <laughs> At this point of the game, it's a four-horse race for the the championship and the Zweite Liga. And at this point, I think we will actually get a Revier Derby at this point because with the four-point gap that uh, Bochum has on uh, Hamburg and Greuther Firth, I think that that uh, plays into their hands just a little bit more. But, you know, I'm just, look, folks, I'm just speculating here, but I'd love to have Bochum uh, back in the Bundesliga because that's more traditional and Varen. I mean, not to the Hamburg extent, but 
extremely long history of being a part in the Champions League. And ever since their relegation, they've not been able to get back in. And I'm pretty sure that Leon Goretzka would relish the opportunity to go back to his hometown to be playing in front of them. They played him last year in the Pokal, uh, Bayern and uh, Bochum, but he'd really kind of more get stuck in for playing back in front of his own uh, people, because some people say that, oh no, he's a Schalke boy. No, he's a Bochum boy. Uh, Bochum just was freaking broke, and Schalke paid, I think, like maybe a, a million euros for him, and then sold him to Bayern for uh, nothing because they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the Bundesliga itself, so we had, I so whilst Eintracht took on Dortmund, um, you had later in the day the. Let's be real. The title decider. Uh, I don't think that there was really too much doubt, but it looks like Bayern's uh, all but sealed uh, their championship now. Um, they've extent. They have mathematically qualified already for Europe. I think the title's done and dusted, and it's now time to look to the relegation battle. Yeah, Bayern's in their their usual form at this point in the year won five in a row now in the league um i think it's all this without Lewandowski. yeah yeah um it's signed sealed delivered and i'm just happy it's not the fc sugar drink personally but um the relegation battle to me is the most entertaining thing going on right now and we need minds to drop some points see them go <laughs> yeah yeah because um other matches that happened at the weekend uh we had the berlin derby uh that ended up be a 1-1 match hey kudos to the uh union fans who went to the st- who were outside the stadium and let off the fireworks that was kind of awesome way yes. to kick off the match in classic fashion i really really hope that next season because i think hertha does have enough because they play f- memory serves i think they play like uh two or three of the teams that are below them of Mainz, cone bielefeld and schalke i think they all have at least i think they have most of those teams still left on their schedule to play uh i looked at their schedule for a second but at this point in time it's a five team race to try and avoid relegation schalke is all but dead and buried uh 10 points uh, and a third point point gap to even get to 16th or 15 point gap to get to 15th of safety i mean there's only 21 points that they can earn in the meantime and three of those points are destined to be eintracht well when we play them on match day 33 so what do you make of uh cone uh staying up because i think Bielefeld, I mean, they're just scrapping out, and if they get through, you know, it's a miracle, but it's just a real, uh, they have a harder uphill battle than anyone else. So what do you think of Cologne uh, possibly saving their bacon? Uh, you know, there's an interesting, interesting battle that's going to happen. Uh, their, their last match is against Schalke, so I think that's, and this weekend's match is against Mainz. <laughs> right, right. And, it, you know, we talked about it from our own relegation battles or fear of relegation battles. The way you save your, your bacon is to beat the teams around you in the in the table. And their last two matches mm-hmm. being against Hertha and Schalke, it is possible that that, that week 33 matchup um, 
against Hertha is for the opportunity to be safe. Uh, and I think that would be fun to watch. So I'm really pulling for that. Um, but they have other chances to make up points. Augsburg has been better this weekend. <laughs> this weekend, the Cone and Mainz. That is that is huge. You gotta have terms that of, regardless yeah, you, of which side you're on. I think both of them look at that as as an important one. Gotta win. Um, because things aren't gonna get easy for Cologne after that. They have Leverkusen and Leipzig the next two weeks. So they need that uh they need that win this weekend, I think. 100% agree because as the R match was uh, taking place, uh, they were taking uh, Wolfsburg was playing against Cone. There's a slight chance in my head that, you know, Eintracht could overtake Wolfsburg, but that's only because the teams that they have remaining to play are as follows. They have Bayern to play. Uh, the Wolfsburg has Leipzig. They have us this weekend. They have Dortmund. They have Leverkusen. And I think I... They have. Uh, I'm trying to. For, I'm for, kind of forgetting who uh, who the other ones are. But I did see that the Wolfsburg remaining matches. It's the full gauntlet. It is every team that is uh, competing for European places. Oh, they also have uh, Stuttgart in, in that kind of run. And and Stuttgart as. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is absolutely uh, ridiculous, uh, folks. They have the fo- the following teams left to play. Uh, as I look at this, Bayern, Leipzig, Frankfurt, Dortmund, Union, Stuttgart, and Mainz. <laughs> only one of those is a th- only one of those matches. Can you say, "Yep, the three points locked"? Yeah, only one, because if you're Union in Stuttgart, you probably look at Dortmund and Leverkusen both on 43, and you can think, especially Stuttgart, who played Dortmund at the weekend, they have to be thinking, we quite fancy this. We might be able to pull this off. No doubt. I mean, Gladbach's not, I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated from European play. But because they're also on 39 points, but how much of that has been? I mean, they've gotten six points from their last two matches. So kind of turning things around. But I mean, <laughs> Wolfsburg, we we might be able to beat. We might be able to nip them, uh, especially if we win at the weekend. We can seriously uh, nip them to third place. Uh, I do think second place is 100% out of our reach, to be honest. And obviously first is too. But I think I, we can get to third. Yeah, uh, but let's preserve where we are first. That's you know, hundred <laughs> percent agree on the, that. The reality is around that. that there, there's no difference between third and fourth in German football. So where where we place there, except for prize money, a few more million euros uh, of prize money, and down the over the next two to three years, a little bit more money from TV. There actually is. There is fair. a financial value, that, that, but we're talking fair. it's negligible. But it looks better on the his, it looks better on the history. <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree with you on that, but I I don't want to put more pressure on us to move up more so than I do just to maintain where we are right now. Mm-hmm. I can agree on that. It, but it all with the remaining matches that we have to roll the schedule back before we preview Eintracht versus Wolfsburg. It is Wolfsburg. Gladbach, it is Augsburg, Leverkusen, Mainz, Schalke, Freiburg. Um, 
four of the last five are incredibly winnable. I've got no clue of what to expect for Leverkusen because they beat Schalke at the weekend, but... I mean, who isn't beating Schalke at the weekend? I mean, Schalke scored their first goal in weeks. Uh, Minus 54 goal differential. Yeah, it's it's absolutely asinine. But the thing was, I think that was the first goal Schalke had scored in like a month. And I'm having to check it right now, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not... I'm really not looking at uh, Leverkusen as a team who's going, who's really got much going for them because they have just yeah. Schalke's last goal was scored in February before this weekend. That's February in a five-one drubbing to Stuttgart. Um, yeah, the last time that they earned a Schalke earned a point where they scored. Because they've earned uh, three, uh, they've earned since their four 0 victory over Hoffenheim on January the 9th, they have earned three points in the form of a one one draw uh, and two nil nil draws with Union and Mainz. The one one draw was on January 30th, and in the meantime, Schalke had scored since that since that one one draw with Werder Bremen. Schalke has scored. Exactly two goals, and one was this weekend. Schalke has not scored more than one goal in a match since that victory on the night. So I don't really take anything that Leverkusen has accomplished uh, really seriously at all. Because, I mean, they just dropped off the... Basically, after they played us in the Pokal, they have dropped and beat us. They have dropped off the face of the earth. They have been knocked out of the Pokal in the third round by a regional Liga side, a team who hadn't played a competitive match in a very long time. They have been knocked out of the uh, Europa League, losing both matches to Swiss side Young Boys Bern, where Adi Kutter was the coach out before joining the Eintracht. I look at Leverkusen and think to myself, <laughs> that's highly winnable. I'm a little less so on Gladbach, mostly because, you know, results are what they are. The last two weeks, they've been able to uh, get victories where they got the 2-1 victory over Freiburg. I haven't even seen the highlights of that, but, I mean, you know, results are what they are. So, yeah, (laughs) it was, uh, you know their second win in a row and uh, the win before that was against Schalke. So, I mean, it's not a lot of competitiveness that uh, Eintracht has remaining. I know I'm kind of thrown like you Augsburg's in that mid table safety position of, Hey, we're high enough away from the relegation fight that it's not going to happen to us. Mainz and Schalke will probably already be done and dusted. And us playing the last match against Freiburg is more of a, do we, are we playing for third place or not? And I think that's all that will then matter to those players and wanting to go out on a high. I mean, that's kind of a, you know, internal drive kind of, I would say when we played, um, Leipzig on match day 34 in the 2016-2017 season. We could not qualify for Europe through the Bundesliga, but we ended up pulling up a real fun 2-2 draw with Leipzig when Leipzig was just kind of blowing the doors off of nearly everyone that wasn't called Bayern when they finished second in in the Bundesliga in their debut season. So, 
that being said, Chris, I've talked about enough of the Eintracht schedule. Anything you would like to add before we preview Eintracht versus Wolfsburg for this weekend's match? No, let's get into it. It's going to be a great <laughs> match, and I can't wait to hear what you have for a preview. Uh, yes, so um, let's talk about Wolfsburg. Um, they're like the sturdiest defense that there is in the Bundesliga table. Uh, just kind of pointed it out. They have conceded a grand total of 22 goals. That is so small of an amount. Um, Every team in the Bundesliga has scored more than that, minus Schalke and Bielefeld. But we've already talked about how woeful those two clubs are. This is a team that is defense first. Um, their 46 goals is not a too bad of a tally. It's uh, for kind of the upper tier of the Bundesliga. But, you know, it's the defense that they have built everything around. And uh, they're going to they're gonna be, look, they're going to be a tricky team for us. Um, so far as I have seen, there's not really anyone who's going to be uh, out. But... Um, I look back to our two to one loss to Wolfsburg in Wolfsburg uh, back in mid November, and how ever since then we just started turning everything around. It was a frustrating loss to them, but you know what? <laughs> um, this team we are at least not playing at Wolfsburg where they are undefeated on this season. And uh, hey, we have. We are undefeated in our last 15 at home, so I am comfortably optimistic. Uh, Some of the attacking strengths of these guys is uh, scoring from free kicks, just scoring in general from set pieces. So that's something that we'll have to um, really take advantage of. And this team is just got a... They got a man up top who is just really good at being able to find the goal. That's uh, Veghorst. And uh, he's a guy who, if we can shut him down, that can t- that will take a lot of the output that Wolfsburg does have out of the match. And uh, that can allow us especially to kind of open things up. Because I think with... You know, certain players coming back. I think that we can run. I think we want to almost run out with the same type of uh, lineup that we had at the weekend and uh, take that right to Wolfsburg because they weren't the, exactly the most convincing of teams when they uh, defeated Cologne at the weekend. But, you know, they're, look, they're all about defense and. We've got the attack that can uh, open things up a little bit, and I think we're gonna step on them from the, you know, the first whistle. And you know, I'd like to. I like how John Brooks has been a good performer for them, but I think we're gonna, you know, really get right in his face. And I think that Silva and Jovic will be utilized again as a top two. Try that. Uh, trio of Yunus, Silva, and Jovic. And I think that the likes of Lacroix, who was bought this year and has been really good for them, pairing with Brooks in the center of defense. In the course, you have uh, 
Babu uh, on the right, who will be going right up against uh, Costage. So that's going to be a fun battle to watch. But uh, I'm really, look, man, we're on a great run. I'm in, I'm crazy optimistic about this team. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Well, you know, the, there's not a lot of weaknesses on their side. Uh, you talked about their defensive record being the best in the league, but they're also the third highest, I believe the third highest scoring team in the league, third or fourth. Um, but the difference there is that they're they're similar to us in that they're a one-track pony up front. Uh, Virgos with 17, I think, on the season. Uh, but after that, they fall down Correct. to five for Stefan and uh, five for Baku. So, uh, you know, if we can shut their leading score down, just like they're going to try to do with us, they're going to say, hey, if we shut this guy down, we're going to say, if we shut that guy down, we're going to have a chance. So it's a very similar goal defensively for for both sides. Um, I think the more important thing for, for Wolfsburg is with how good their defense is, they know they can focus on Costage. You shut down Costage, you shut down the Frankfurt offense. That's, that's a fact. Um, so I think we need to, and that's what they tried to do last time. Yes, exactly, and it was very successful. So I think if we look at, at I mean, I know Adi Hooter is far smarter than me. No matter what I said back in November, uh, he is, <laughs> and I'm sure that tactically they're sitting there looking at how else can we generate offense, whether it's through the middle, because they have a, a big guy like like John Anthony Brooks in the middle. Um, uh, Crosses over the top might not be as successful as we're accustomed to. He's just too good clearing with his head. So maybe there's an opportunity to move things on the ground with with uh, uh, Jonas up the middle, or maybe Eric Derm might decide to have one of his shoot the ball a hundred times. Maybe you get a lucky bounce kind of matches. Uh, he's known to pull what about those Kamada? Out in a while. He's kind of in the same boat. He loves yeah. to shoot, whether yeah. they're good chances or not. <laughs> yep. And, and this is a match when you're going up against such a good defensive side, any shot is a good shot because they don't allow a lot of it. And if you do get one through, um, you're going to, you're, you're still not going to have a high quality opportunity. So we have to shoot, shoot, shoot as much as we can and not get caught on the count because we're always susceptible to that the way we like to push. So we have to be a little uh, vigilant. But I think we're going to be okay. I think we can fight with them. Well, I'm kind of looking at the way that these guys have been performing, and I'm thinking that, uh, well, look, this is a team that is that we can catch. This is a team that we can catch. Their sturdy outfit, definitely. But I think that the... the possibilities are totally here. Uh, you look at their squad... It's benefited from the fact that um, they did not have the they got knocked out of the Europa League at the qualifying phase. Otherwise, I think that they would probably I won't be surprised if they would have still been involved in the Europa League if they had qualified for the group phase. I think that they would have just based on the kind of good solid guys that they have even coming off the bench. They got a pretty solid core and some other guys who have been able to contribute in good spots. 
I look at them and I think to myself, wow, the, what could have been if you had, you know, just gotten uh, what you needed? I mean, I would have thought them we would have seen maybe some more from Maximilian Philip, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I am happy that, uh, Stefan will actually be out. Um, uh, one of their two, one of the two guys who's, uh, got a pair of goals previously, uh, Otavio, uh, I think he might, he might be out. I know like he had gotten a re a red card recently. I think that was against Hoffenheim. So his, um, mass bands should be, over but i think we got i think we're out with a shout and i think to go prediction time i think it's going to be the same kind of result that we had against dortmund i think that we're going to be able to um yeah i think we'll find that goal that we need uh early and kind of ride things out with them and but it's going to be touch and go uh until uh a touch it'll be super touch and go until the very final minute of the match. So that's my prediction. Eintracht two to one. What do you think, Chris? Ooh, another late one. And interesting. Um, I have confidence that we can play along with them. Um, I'm not so certain we can break through more than once, just because we we do still tend to get frustrated. And we sometimes pass mm -hmm. up good shooting opportunities. Uh, Luka Jovic needs to shoot the ball more. I think he's so insistent that he get involved passing. It seemed like against Dortmund, he turned up a couple good shot opportunities to try and force a pass into a tight window. So if he would just start shooting the ball a lot more, I'd feel a lot better about our opportunity in this match. But I don't think we're going to come out empty-handed. Uh, I think... We'll end up with a 1-1 draw. It will be hard fought. I think our defense will play well again. Um, a 1-1 draw in a top-four matchup where we're comfortably sitting at number four in the table, I think everyone would be pleased with that coming out of the weekend. To kind of give folks an idea of who was playing on that day, the goal score was Dost. <laughs> From the PK. <laughs> It was Dolls scoring from the PK, and we had a few guys who were out, and you know other guys who were coming off the bench. We had Da Costa coming off the bench uh, for Durham. Uh, we had Ilsanka and Rolda in the middle of the field. We had uh, Kamada and So uh, being the kind of attacking midfielders behind Dost. I mean, this is a different team um, in terms of uh, who is involved of who's there because of who's getting involved. Um, this is a different kind of layout team. Um, we'll have So and Rolda uh, in the center of the pitch. We could we could roll out with uh, two attacking midfielders uh, behind Silva. We could roll out with uh, the two uh, forwards with an attacking midfielder behind the forwards. You know, we have more flexibility. We have more players in form now than we did uh, this time uh, during the uh, Hinrunda. Needless to say, where the result was a 2 on 1. So that's our predictions for this weekend's match against Wolfsburg.
ways more importantly that you can watch the Eintracht. Uh, so in the United States, uh, we're benefiting greatly from the fact that all we have to do when it comes to watching the Eintracht is just have a subscription to ESPN+. Plus. Well, uh, for other folks, uh, maybe ESPN+, Plus is not available to you because you live outside of the United States of America, but hey, that's perfectly fine. If you're in Can, if you're in the Caribbean, it's a Flow Sports and the Flow Sports app. In Austria, Switzerland, and Germany, it's a Sky Sports Bundesliga. Uh, at the same time, Bayern will also be playing, so we're kind of uh, not the primo Bundesliga match being on show, uh, depending on your region. Um, in Canada, that is Sportsnet now and Sportsnet World now. So streaming options only available for our Canadian friends. Um, an international stream that will be available is One Football. I've not uh, used them before, so I can't kind of give any suggestions on how best to utilize them. Uh, um, uh, in Australia, that's KO Sports and the BN Sports Connect, so streaming there. And the, and also down under, uh, BN Sports Connect New Zealand for our Kiwi friends. And uh, yeah, uh, in the... I'm sad to say our folks who happen to live in the middle of the North Sea, uh, separated from France by the English Channel and the Irish Sea, uh, whichever way you kind of want to look at things. I've not seen anything available uh, to watch the Eintracht in Ireland or the United Kingdom. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh Sorry, Eddie, uh, for one, uh, I have not been able to find uh, streaming options for you guys. So ways you can get in contact with the podcast, we tweet out our disc, uh, link to the Discord channel. So join us there and you can talk to Eintracht fans from all around the globe instantaneously there. It's qu- it can get quite feisty on match day. So something to definitely uh, join in on. You can email the podcast that is Frankfurt at gmail.com. You can reach the podcast via Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. You can find all the latest Eintracht Frankfurt news and information on facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. You can uh, get in contact with myself. Uh, that is at K-C-S-G-E. Uh, Roman is at S-F uh, Bay Eagles. And uh, Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape? I am on Twitter and discord both usernames at c in the d 313 all right that wraps up for this episode 168 i will give a little bit of a teaser as we will have a special interview uh coming along uh recorded that earlier in the week but we'll release that after uh this episode has dropped so an extra (laughs) an extra little hint of something special to come it is uh i'll kind of release who is going to be involved in that so that is uh my interview with uh armin kratz uh armin kratz is the head sports projects in america for eintracht frankfurt he's a former eintracht player and we had a lovely uh, discussion talk about all things eintracht including uh more importantly i would almost say uh in an almost hashtag what are we drinking sort of uh way uh he mentioned where in his opinion the best ebovoy uh can be found so have a listen to that once that is out later in the week. So from all of us here at Hey, I'm Derek Craigford. Uh, 
stay safe, mask up, uh, get your vaccinations if you can get in line for that, because the more that the public of the world is able to be in, uh, vaccinated, the faster we'll be back cheering on the Eintracht and the Vodstadion. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, thanks for listening to podcast episode 168, and tschüss! Hey,